Hi, my name is Brian, and I'm the lead pastor at Grand Valley Church. We hope that this message helps you explore faith and connect with Jesus. Today we are launching into a new series to kick off 2021. And usually when we start a sermon series, I'll often say we're going to be in this series for three weeks or five weeks or six weeks. This series is going to be a little differently. In fact, I don't have a set length for this series yet. We're going to be beginning 2021 by looking at the book of Acts. And we're going to start at the beginning and we're going to journey through it. And a couple times we're going to pause this series, move to a different series, and then we're going to come back to this series And so we're going to be spending a lot of time in the book of Acts this year as a church. Now, why are we starting 2021 and devoting a huge chunk of this year to just one book of the Bible? And something that I think we've all realized is that 2020 was a year of massive changes. And I think that 2021 is still going to be a year of changes. Now, I think there's plenty for us to be optimistic about as we move into 2021. But the truth is, 2020 was a year where our lives all changed. You know, no one's life was untouched by the events of a global pandemic. All of us have been touched and affected by things. Maybe it was the death of a loved one where you couldn't be there with your family the way you wanted to. Or maybe 2020 was a year where your employment situation changed drastically and it left you scrambling to try and figure out what are you going to do now? What are you going to do next? And even if maybe you're someone whose life was, you know, relatively unchanged, all of us have experienced changes and just differences in the way we go about our daily lives. We've all experienced that. And even though we look at 2021 and we look at the positive things that are happening in our world, we're not out of the woods completely yet. I believe that more of this pandemic is in our rearview mirror than what's ahead of us. And I believe that the science and the journalism and everything that we're seeing about this pandemic is pointing in that direction. So there's lots to be optimistic about. But we still are looking at a critical number of months of change still coming ahead. And when I look at what we are facing, both as a church, as a, as a city, as a country, as individuals, when I look at what we're facing in 2021, I start to see a lot of similarities to what was happening at the very beginning of the book of Acts. Now, Acts is a giant story of change happening in the world. And even if we rewind to before Acts, if we look at the three years before Acts, the three years when Jesus was alive on this earth and active in his ministry, You know, at Christmas, we celebrate his birth, and then we know next to nothing about Jesus' life from his birth until he begins his ministry somewhere around age 30. And so for those three years of Jesus' life, sometimes we miss just how much change was caused by Jesus in those three years. Jesus came into this world teaching about this new covenant that he was going to create between God and humanity. He taught in ways that gathered massive crowds that had not been seen before. He performed miracles and he did things that people couldn't understand or comprehend. And as Jesus carried out his ministry, as he taught people about this new way of understanding who God is, this way that that really drew us to the core of what God has always wanted, Jesus upset a lot of people. And in fact, he upset the religious and political leaders of his day so much that they executed Jesus because of how he was disrupting everything. But that was God's plan all along. And through Jesus' death and then his resurrection, 
he you know, proclaimed and told his disciples that he was going to rise from the grave. And his disciples didn't believe him at first. They didn't believe him even until they went to the tomb and saw that it was empty. It was only at that point that his disciples finally realized, wait, this thing that he said he was going to pull off, he actually did. But what was so different in that moment is that instead of scattering like the followers of all the would-be messiahs who had existed before Jesus, people that claimed they were the messiah, claimed they were the anointed one of God, but turns out they really weren't. Anytime one of those would-be messiahs was executed, their followers scattered and disappeared. And within a couple months, it would be like, well, who was that guy? Who, who was that Joseph guy? Did he even exist? But not with Jesus. Because his disciples, they started to talk. They started to gather. They started to preach this resurrected Christ. They preached that Jesus really did what he had pulled off. And so the book of Acts tells us how a small group of Jesus followers began a movement that would grow to affect the whole world. And in fact, every piece of human history has been touched by the movement that began with these disciples, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, But the reality is the heartbeat of what Jesus came to create was so good in its core that it's only our influence, our human hands that have steered it astray. And so in the book of Acts, we're going to start seeing some of these times, some of these times when even the the disciples had to correct and figure out and adjust and really, in, in many ways, the phrase that comes to mind when I think about Acts is that they made the road by walking. They were making decisions as they went that would shape the world for thousands of years to come. But in the beginning of Acts, in the beginning of this first century world, this was a time of massive upheaval, of cultural changes, of societal changes, of class structure changes happening. And on top of all of that, this massive reforming and changing of things on a religious and theological basis. The world was in upheaval in this first, second, and third centuries. And we're really only going to be looking at a portion of the first century that the book of Acts covers. But this movement changed everything. And when I look at that time period, and I look at right now what we are venturing into in 2021, when I look at the 10 months of rapid change that we have all experienced previous to this, there are more changes yet to come. And I see some of these similarities that I think we can learn about as we dive into the book of Acts. Now, one of the phrases I'm tired of hearing, and likely you are too, is that phrase, a new normal. You know, what even is a new normal anymore? We've probably been through a dozen of them already, and there's probably a dozen more on the way before we get to whatever the new normal on the other side of this pandemic is. But what that speaks to is something that we all experience when we're in the midst of change. In fact, when change is happening all around us and in our lives, it's hard to find our footing and figure out the direction we want to take. Sometimes we feel like we're just always reeling with these changes and we can't really make headway on the things we want to make headway on. And that is exactly what the disciples were facing at the beginning of the book of Acts. They had spent three years following Jesus and now he had been killed, he had risen from the grave, he had been appearing to them and ascended to heaven. And now they can't follow him directly the way they did before. So what are they going to do? Now, the disciples knew the big picture. They knew the mission that Jesus had called them to do, but they have no idea how to carry it out. 
They're stuck saying, we know what Jesus called us to do. We know what he taught us. Now what? And we might feel the same way about 2021 as we begin this year. Now what? So this is what we're going to dive into in the book of Acts. We're going to watch as the disciples are figuring out how to adapt and thrive through all these changes happening in the world. And I think that as we do this, we might start seeing ways that our own lives can adapt and thrive even in the midst of change and how our faith can grow and flourish even in the midst of a crazy year like 2020 was and like 2021 could be. So as we dive into this today, we're only going to look at a couple verses at the very beginning of Acts. And then next week, we're going to continue in Acts 1. But I want to give some background on the whole book of Acts at the beginning. Now, the book of Acts is the fifth book of the New Testament. If you start in the New Testament, there's four Gospels, the accounts of Jesus' life, according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they all cover the same three-year time period of Jesus' ministry being active. And then Acts picks up right where the Gospels leave off and tells the story of the early church figuring out how to carry out this mission. And so the book of Acts was written by Luke. And so Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. And really, even though the Gospel of John is wedged in between them in the Bible, it's helpful to us if we realize that Luke and Acts are like part one and part two of the same book. In part one, he tells the story of Jesus, and part two, he tells the story of the beginning of the church. And so Luke begins Acts 1 this way. He says, in my first book, referring to his gospel, he says, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. And so this is a very classical Greek way to begin a book. The book is actually addressed to someone, to an individual. He uses singular pronouns. And this name, Theophilus, is intriguing because it's only mentioned at the beginning of Acts and the beginning of Luke, and that's it. So we don't really know much about this, but there's a couple things we can figure out. The name Theophilus literally means God-lover or one who loves God. That's Theo for God, Philus for lover. And so some scholars think that this might just mean a broad term, but Luke is very specifically using singular pronouns referring to Theophilus in singular language. And so he's talking about an individual. This guy named Theophilus is the recipient who this book is dedicated to, and not only the book of Acts, but also the book of Luke. And if we jump back to Luke for a moment and we look at how Luke begins his gospel, we can learn a little more about Theophilus. And so Luke begins his gospel in Luke 1 this way. He says, Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. I love this word choice because it's not about the events that happened. These were the events that were fulfilled. These were events that were prophesied, that were described, that were talked about, that came to happen and prove that God is doing what he was doing. And he goes on, he says, They used the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. So Luke is acknowledging that he's not the only one writing about Jesus' life, and that it is common to pull these eyewitness reports together. And so Luke never would have seen Jesus with his own eyes, but Luke is compiling his gospel from the eyewitness accounts of the early disciples. So he's talking to firsthand sources. 
And Luke goes on, he says, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write a careful account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. Now, when he says most honorable Theophilus, he adds this title that, you know, he drops. Maybe they've gotten, they've become friends and he drops the title in Acts. But in Luke, he uses this title that only appears two other times in Scripture. And the two other times this title of most honorable is put before a name happens for Roman governors. It happens for Pontius Pilate in the Gospels, and it happens later in Acts for the governor Felix, who Paul has some dealings with. So Luke is using this term that is only used to refer to Roman governors, people of massive political power and authority, people of massive wealth in their day is who Luke is writing this to. And so, a lot of the scholars that study this think that Theophilus isn't a real name. In fact, Theophilus is a code name for someone who is very high-ranking in the Roman government, who is a secret believer of Jesus, a secret disciple who isn't willing to put their name forward that they believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus really is who he said he is. But Luke, has been commissioned to write these books for Theophilus, and fully well knowing that these books are going to go to more than Theophilus, whoever he, his real name really is. He says, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. This is Luke's purpose. This purpose is so that they can know the certainty of everything they've been taught. So they can know that the things they've been heard and the things that they've been told and the things that they have learned about Jesus, really are true. Luke is stating his reputation and his credibility on the contents of his gospel and the book of Acts. And the other thing that this tells us is that the message of Jesus was spreading through all layers of society in the Roman Empire. This was not just amongst the peasants and the oppressed people of Judea and Jerusalem and the surrounding area, this message of Jesus was reaching already into the heart of the Roman Empire. And so, if we go to Acts and we continue this on, Luke begins this way. He says, So in my first book I told you, Theophilus, about everything began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. And there's two things in here I want us to catch. And the first one is he says, In my first book, it was about everything Jesus began. It wasn't about everything Jesus accomplished. It wasn't about everything Jesus finished, but about everything Jesus began. Luke is already making a theological statement that what he's going to talk about in the book of Acts is the continuation, is the carrying out of the mission and the task and the purpose that Jesus came and we know about from reading the Gospels. And secondly, this is the first time we see apostles being described. When the disciples were with Jesus and they were learning from their rabbi, they were called disciples, one who is a learner, someone who's learning the disciplines of their teacher. But here, the disciples get renamed and given this new title of into apostles, which means a sent one or a messenger or a carrier of the good news. These are people that have been given a unique authority to be sent out and to share the message of Jesus with the world. And so Luke is already framing his book by saying this is going to be about these these 
ordinary guys who were the disciples have now become apostles who have been given instructions through the Holy Spirit. And so at the beginning of the book of Acts, at this exact moment before any of the events of Acts have happened, the apostles know that God's plan isn't complete, but they don't know what's going to happen next. And that might be a feeling that we can relate to. We know that what God is doing is not yet complete. We know that what God is working towards is still yet to be completely fulfilled. But we don't know always what the exact steps are that are going to take us there. And even if we scale this down and we look at just our own lives, our futures are less certain and we have less control over them as we thought we did. That's something that 2020 has taught all of us. We have a lot less control than we thought that we did. And so that always leads to this question for us. What do you rely on to provide direction when the future is uncertain? And just, I mean, the future has always been uncertain, but now we have a new awareness of just how uncertain our futures are. And so what do we rely on? What do we lean towards? These are the questions that the disciples, now the apostles, are asking as they're trying to figure out what next. We followed Jesus for three years. We saw what he did with our own eyes. He gave us this mission to tell the world about his love and about who he is and how God loves the world. He gave us this mission. Now what do we do? And so Luke continues on in Acts 1 verse 3. He says, During the 40 days after Jesus, he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Jesus dined with them. He was touched by them. He proved that his resurrection was a physical body, not something ethereal. It was a physical resurrection. It says this, and Jesus talked to them about the kingdom of God. And it says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now that phrase, baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit, might raise a lot of questions, and we're going to get to those a little later in the series. But what Jesus does in this moment is he is reminding them of the promises that he gave to them earlier. The apostles don't know what's next, and Jesus tells them, look back at what I have already told you. Look back at what God's already done. Now, we can often take time trying to imagine and predict the future. And I'm sure that the apostles would have been doing the same thing, trying to figure out what's next. And Jesus tells them, just take a moment and wait. Don't leave Jerusalem until the promise I gave you before has been fulfilled. And so for us right now, we don't know what 2021 has in store for us. But like the apostles, we can find our trajectory, we can find the path that we are on by looking at what God has already done in our lives. Whether that is a long journey with God or a short journey, we can always look and see what is God trying to do? What has God started? What has God begun that is not yet complete in our lives? And often we can find our trajectory by looking at that path, at looking at what's the start of that path and what is it pointing us towards, even if we don't know exactly where it's going to land. And so for the apostles in this moment, 
Jesus is reminding them, think back to the promises I gave you. And John, in his gospel, he devotes a lot more time to the last supper, the last evening that Jesus has with his disciple. And John, in chapters 14, 15, and 16, includes these promises that Jesus is referring to, these promises of the Holy Spirit that we're going to get to a little later in this series. But Luke is telling Theophilus about how Jesus reminded the apostles, look at the promises Look at what God has already done. And from that, have faith and have trust in what God is yet to do. And so for us right now, as we are embarking at the beginning of a new year, one of the questions we might need to ask is to say, what do we need to reflect and learn about from 2020 before we step forward into 2021? Now, we may just want to completely cut off 2020 from our memory. We may just want to wipe it out of our memory somehow and just ignore that this year happened. But I want to encourage you not to do that. I want to encourage you to look back at 2020 for a moment. I want to encourage you to look back and say, where were the places where I found hope? Where were the places where when things were difficult, there was that little piece of hope? Maybe it was in a phone call from a friend. Maybe it was in an encouraging message or a song Maybe it was something you read in scripture that gave you a little bit of strength that you needed to get through that moment, that day, that week, that month. Because if we look back, in our hindsight, we can often see the times when God was pursuing us. Just like we talked about at Christmas Eve, that God came into the world because he is always pursuing all of us with his love. That hope and light entered into the world at Christmas. God is always pursuing us with his love. And so for us, how are we remembering and reflecting and learning from those moments? Those moments when God says to us, look back for a moment. Look back at the promise I gave. Look back at what I did. Look back and see that what I began is not yet complete. So I don't know what kind of reflection you specifically need to do about 2020. Maybe it's this practice of maybe looking at, you know, what were the highlights? What were the moments of 2020 that were a highlight? What are the moments when we were overwhelmed with grief, when we were mourning the loss of so many things, even losses that we look at now and say, wow, that was a small thing but it was still a loss that we experienced. Or maybe it was a big loss. Maybe it's a piece of grief that you are still holding on to. And grief, if we just hold on to it and we never engage with it, it'll just sit there. And so grief is actually something that God wants to process with us. But things like grief are also things that we need to often process with each other or with someone who has the skills and resource. And so maybe part of your 2020 reflection might involve sitting with a counselor, virtually, of course, these days. But as we look back at 2020, what are the pieces that we need to learn from? What are the pieces that we can look at and say, wait, God was trying to start something? Or maybe it was, I took that step of faith, and I need to take that step again. Maybe there's things in 2020 that we need to celebrate still things that we just passed by that we really need to look back and say, wow, that was a moment where something good happened. And we need to celebrate and remember those because otherwise 
the overwhelming and the griefing portions of 2020 will overwhelm us. And so we have to ask ourselves this question, just like the apostles as they were about to embark on this journey that would literally change the whole world, that we today are still seeing the effects and the ripples of the choices and decisions they made 2,000 years ago. What are the things that Jesus started in our lives last year, or maybe is starting in our life already this year now in 2021, that are going to propel us and carry us forward? And so let me end just with a word of prayer. God, thank you for this new year. And even though we may look at it and say it's just uh, turning the page on the calendar, it's just an arbitrary date, but it's a time of year that we look at new beginnings and fresh starts. And God, maybe it's time for us to have a fresh start with you. Maybe it's time for us to lean into what you have been doing or what you're calling us to do or how you've been pursuing us and for us to take that step forward in faith based on what you have already done in our lives. And so God, I pray that you would encourage us, that you would nurture us, that you would call us forward, that you would reveal to us these places where you want to sit with us in our grief, sit with us in our mourning, celebrate with us in our joy and the highlights, that your desire ultimately is to be with us and show your love as we show your love with those around us. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today for our online service for the beginning of this series on Acts. And next week, we're going to continue in Acts, and we're going to look at what happens next for the apostles. And if you want a head start, maybe this is a great time to say, I want to read through a book of the Bible. And so why not start with Acts? You don't have to do just the, the pace that we're going to do in the series. Go ahead, read through the whole thing at whatever pace suits you. If that's a couple verses a day, if that's a chapter a day, a chapter a week, Whatever pace you want, I want to encourage you, maybe that's one of these habits that we can start and one of these places where we'll see God revealing himself to us. So I hope you have a great week and we'll see you online next Sunday. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you know of someone that would benefit from hearing the message you just listened to, would you do us a favor and share this podcast with them? And while you're at it, please consider subscribing to be the first to hear when our podcast is updated. If you want to join in on Sundays, our services are streaming online at 11 a.m. Central. To find out more about our church, go to mygrandvalley.ca and you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for My Grand Valley. Thanks for listening.